but they're going to be brother and sister. Uh, yeah, a couple step siblings in love. <sighs> Come on. I didn't say anything sexual, but that is a situation. They're very much in love with each other and they become step siblings. By the way, Although if the one right- of them gets caught in the dryer, they'll die. It's a different scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we know about the future run of that show, Rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Baby Talk. Baby Talk went 35 episodes over two seasons on ABC. Today we're going to be talking about episode one, which was called Baby Love, originally airing March 8th, 1991. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the boys, all the boys, Gordo, Nick, Joe and Ferg. What's going on, guys? I have a right you, Joe. Fuck you, Uh-oh, Joe. no daddy. <laughs> I have a rash. Gordo, why did you pick this show, you fucking asshole? I didn't asshole. pick this show. You picked it. You allowed this, your this show to be picked. No, I did not. It's yeah, your it's fault. Did. Go back, go back, Joe. Explain wh- Explain the story. Explain why you picked it, but explain how you got to pick this episode sure, for Gordo. So, so one of my picks, which was uh, Dairy Girls, which is a show that I knew had a very large following and a show that I very much love. Gordo thought would get no listens and nobody would care about it would not listen to me. So much so, in fact, that he said it would probably do worse than literally the worst show we've ever done, which is Homeboys in Outer Space, which I think maybe seven people downloaded. So on the first day of Dairy Girls, when it actually broke all of our download records completely, right? It was everything. At yeah, the time, it, it, had like a, it had like a great first day. Yeah. Yeah, it was like our it best been first our, day to date at that point. I think we were all in our group chat and within like two hours, like I was drinking my first coffee at work and Nick was like, it's already beaten homeboys. <laughs> <laughs> so the rule was if I won, I got to pick a show for Gordo and the goal was to pick the most abysmal show ever. And here we are reviewing baby talk. Well, to be fair, you pick something worthy of homeboys. Yeah, yeah, it's equally yeah. bad. I mean, I will say this is equal. Bad you picked a show homeboys. that if Gordo had found out about it, would have picked it anyways. Oh, for sure. Can you believe that there is such good cast in this, though? Like, this is the worst piece of shit ever. And it's like, is that Uncle Lewis from Chris's Vacation and George Clooney and yeah. Ed McGinley is in this? Like, what's happening? Well, I, didn't expect, I didn't expect George Clooney at all. Me too. And then he Can came we... around the corner. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> George Clooney is quoted as saying, this was a low point in my career. And the second I saw a chance to get off this show, I did. <laughs> yeah. Was Jefferson from uh, yeah. Married Ted McGinley. with Children? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's his actual name. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Also from Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds, man. This is right in between. This is the meaty part of his career in between <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. But, and, I, but uh, I think important to mention, though, with all these like legitimate, like, known actors that are in it when joe mentions like the star-studded cast the first guy he mentions is uncle lewis from christmas vacation <laughs> first of all to me that's huge i Second know of to all, you it's huge it is the season also uncle lewis when he when they filmed this he was like 62 or 63 which means he was only like 60 when they filmed christmas vacation he uh, we watched it on friday because it's i ever watch it every year on the day after thanksgiving it's like the first movie i watch 
And I was thinking about it after watching this, where I was like, he looks so old in Christmas Vacation. And he's really not that old. He's only 60. Yeah, he doesn't look like, I mean, he didn't, he died in, what, 97 or so? Like, it, I think later than that. He worked till the day he died. He died in 97, and he made the movie yeah. Mouse Hunt in 1997. Yeah, it came out like two years after he passed. Is it the Nathan Lane it, movie? Yeah. Yeah. Let's also not forget the star of the show, Tony Danza. Tony Danza, yeah. who is filming this concurrently with Who's the Boss? That's kind of, that was kind of crazy when I saw that that he was able to do the two shows at the same time. Well, he's just doing voiceovers in this. Yeah, but saying, was, how is that taxing at all? He showed up to a studio, recorded his six lines, and went home for the day. No, it's not no, no, a no. matter of of whether or not it's a hard job, but it depends on the networks. Like I know this show is on ABC. I'm gonna have to look up where Who's the Boss was, but there might have like been like studio ABC too. Yeah. I mean, this is a TGIF show. This is a fucking TGIF show. Does anybody remember this show? Yeah, they were were both, by the way, they were both ABC. I wish I could forget this show, Gora. I want to say quickly to Nick's point, though, about going in, recording your lines, and going home. To me, the most egregious and why this show is so bad is because that didn't happen. No, that's definitely live studio. Yeah, if you watch Look Who's Talking, right, or you watch anything like that when there's voiceovers. There's no way that's live. No way. It's live. You can hear the echo. It is, yeah. You can and tell. And so the crowd can respond. If they didn't do studio audience and they filmed this and just did voiceovers and mixed it better, I think it would play a lot better. But it sounds like when you watch SNL and like someone's doing a sketch where it's like, exactly like the that, voice yeah. in their head is talking, and it's echoey, and the he has to land the lines. And oh, yeah, they might be playing good. it. Li- I was thinking like Tony Danza is standing there behind a microphone doing I it. I think he is. Oh, I think no. he is. Yeah. Why would they do that? What? That doesn't make any sense. I could see him recording it and then playing it live for them. No, all they got to do is play a sound clip. They don't hear that. Yeah, there's no there. way he's actually there. That's I think just, he's there, honestly. We'll have to yeah. look into this. If I ever meet Tony Danza, sadly, now, this is going to have to be the first thing I say to him. Ferg has met him. I have met him. <laughs> and you fucked up and did not ask him about baby talk? He's about Goro's height. He's really small. Hey, yo, hey, yo. <laughs> Which is, I, I mean, he's a tough guy, though. But he was like a Golden Gloves boxer, right? He's a yeah, pretty... Yeah, me too. I know. Gordo, like, I would... I, I don't know what, what Tony Danza was, but thanks for telling people about my past. They used to call me Old Onion Sock. What? I, Pardon? <laughs> Old Onion Sock's Gordon. Yeah, that's that was my Golden Gloves nickname. If you look up the Golden Gloves records, <laughs> really, oh, is that a new t-shirt idea? Old Onion Sock? Because I'd punch you. So cry <laughs> like, like... I really want to see you onions. enter like a amateur boxing contest now. Before we go too, too off the rails, too, I want to mention that this show, based off of Look Who's Talking, which were very popular movies, the yeah. well, at least the first two, and then they made a third. Although I but still do like the third one as a guilty The pleasure. third one's not bad, honestly. Look Who's Talking now is good. And it's a Christmas movie. It's good, but it's nowhere near the level of the first yeah. two. But the, um, so t- I, I just want to explain the style, just in case someone listening hasn't seen the Look Who's Talking movies. So basically... The baby talks, but not in a way that the adults can hear the baby talking. It's just you're constantly seeing, you know, shots of the child and the voice is really their thoughts. So, you know, like in this episode, like the babies can communicate with each other, but it's not anything that the surrounding people can hear. It's like telepathically the babies talk to each other. Yeah, but, but we hear their voices on the show as a viewer. And Amy Heckerling, who wrote and directed the Look Who's Talking movies, created this. She created she new like, characters. Yeah, well, she co-created, and I, I was wondering how much she had a hand in that, because she's listed as a co-creator, but I think that's, like, partially 
because she, you know, like already had created look who's talking. And I think she got like that kind of credit because of it. Yeah, like a producer credit that everyone gets. No, well, she wrote the characters, though, because she had to, like, adapt it to be somewhat different. Like, so, to peel back the curtain, right, in the first movie, the single mom is an accountant, just like in this TV show. Yeah. But instead of a construction worker who falls in love with her, it's a cab driver. That's John Travolta's character. Ah, So it's like She wrote it and, like, did some tweaking to it, but the guy who who was their other creator, Ed Weinberger... He's like the creator of Taxi, which is probably how they got Tony. He's uh, he's co-creator of The Cosby Show. Yep. Oh, and also Amen, which is a show I talk about all the time that I can't wait for us to cover. You may lose your ability to pick shows. Yeah. Amen is Sherman Helmsley in the 80s as a preacher. I don't trust you anymore. This is Gordo's pick. Gordo's pick. Hashtag Gordo's pick. I'm the one that runs a Twitter. I'm not getting that on now. (laughs) I will. Well, I was going to say I will download Twitter, but now it's like the least possible time i want to be part of any of that shit but that's the best time anyways i i I do want to say to it as far as look who's talking goes this show was originally titled look who's talking but then they changed it last minute because it was weird move it was coming out at the same time as look who's talking too and they didn't want there to be confusion it's like no you want that confusion no 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 no. i think they saw the pilot and said we don't want that confusion because the first movie was (laughs) the movie yeah the the movie show was terrible well hold on is it by the same kind of umbrella parent studio like i know abc did the show but they have their own movie studio i'm not sure i mean there had to be something to do with the rights if they were even allowed to call it that there has to be something going on where well, that was why allowed. I'm wondering if it's the same parent company or not. Or it depends on what Amy Heckerling's ownership was of, of the names and stuff. That could have been part of it, but yeah, I don't know. An interesting oh. Roseanne connection here, too, because look who's talking to the big gimmick of that was they have a daughter who's voiced by Roseanne. Right. And then George Clooney, at this point in 1991, he had just come off his like four year run of playing Booker on the first oh, yeah, few seasons of Roseanne, which I think, look, I, I'm not going to knock George Clooney. I love George Clooney. But I think his best work of all time was on Roseanne. He is amazing on those 80s episodes of Roseanne. You think that's his best work of all time? I love him as Booker. Yeah, I really do. Oh, brother, where art thou? I love that movie. I love most of his movies. I like a lot of his directorial work. Uh, I just think that there's. I have a soft spot in my heart for like the first four seasons of Roseanne. But yeah, again, uh, don't forget, we did Roseanne a while back. So go back. If you haven't heard us yet, if you're fairly new to us, go to a Roseanne episode, and then also go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can hit all our links or everywhere you can follow us on social media, everything like that. So give us a follow, especially Instagram, Twitter. We're really active there. Facebook, though, we have everything. All that can be found s1e1pod. But yeah, I mean, before we get into the episode itself, is there anything really we need to talk about or is it time to just get into it? I would like to set the tone by just reading a couple of very quick, short reviews that came out the week this show premiered. These are both okay. from March... Uh, March 8th and March 9th, 1991, respectively. The reason these felt so funny to me is because, you know that scene in Spinal Tap where they read the review and it just says, shit sandwich? <laughs> like, one <laughs> yeah. line, where did they print that? These two reviews are single lines. This is a major show on a major network. Review one from the Washington Post. Tom Shale says, Baby Talk achieves a kind of perfection. There are no laughs in it. <laughs> Fucking great review. And this one is my favorite because it's so short. This is Matt Rausch from USA Today. Baby talk is purgatory in pampers, period. Like, holy (laughs) shit. I usually don't look up reviews for shows, but I knew for this one there was going to have to be something interesting. And just this got 
dogged immediately. And it got two seasons. It is amazing How did that it, it got get two, two seasons? seasons. What's crazy to me is that Charles in Charge gets two seasons and they retool the show, right? But you understand in doing so, Buddy and Charles have a great chemistry. They're funny. We can make something work with this. When they do the second season of this show, only the voice of Tony Danza comes back. They retool everything, which means somebody at the studio said, This show's terrible, except for Danza. We're going to keep Tony going. It's very strange. I mean, we recast Maggie, who's the main character. We get rid of George Clooney. You know, like everyone else is like kicked to the curb. And we bring in Scott Baio. They kept the the baby, but got rid of the mom. A different person played Maggie. So the character of Maggie still existed. To be fair, she got rid of herself. She just was like, fuck this. And I think that happened another time. Too. Yeah, there was the first woman There's who three moms. Yeah, the first yeah. person who played that character. They filmed like three episodes, and she was like, "This isn't gonna work for me." Also, more is the one in this episode? No, they no, refilmed. No. She's the second the mom. First, yeah, they had to refilm the episodes completely. Oh, this because is the second played. mom already for the yeah. wow, wow. Yeah. Because it's it? that fucking bad that multiple people went through it and were like, "No, I'm sorry, I can't." And those are all, to be fair, like that that woman who played the first mom. Does not have a great career. You know what I mean? It's not just she was like, even she was like, I'd rather just not do this. First mom that we're watching or first mom before this? First mom before this. The mom okay. that we're watching in this, she's in, been in tons of stuff. You, yeah. you recognize her. She's a new heart for years. Uh, which ah, was like that's her big thing is. before this. Yeah. That's so she was like an established actor. The first mom is just like a, a, some TV stuff, right? Like not a distinguished career, more distinguished than us, but not like somebody that you'd be like, you should hold on to your sitcom role. Like, even she's like, fuck, I'd rather just not do this. By the way, like, Bob Newhart's like one of those shows we always talk about. I feel like there's going to be a month that we have to just agree. Every to make it, Make it like, or just the month of shows we keep saying we're going to do and never do. Like, it's I think we spent, the last, we spent the last year and a half talking about how we're going to do Grace Under Fire. We've never done that. There's a, there's a lot of shows like Growing Pains, things like that. We always bring up, but we never actually do. Drew Carey. We, the one show we can't actually do is bob hart's abishola because it's just it's too good of a joke episode 100 that's episode 100 baby episode 500 can be bob, Hart, bob hart's abishola it could we'll be, see if we can it, get abishola on we'll crowdfund it i think we're like and we'll make these decisions as we get to it but i think we're like cavemen became the one year anniversary show bob hart abishola might end up being the year two anniversary show i guess that does make sense yeah i Is guess abishola on cameo i'm looking to this uh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably everyone's on cameo now. But yeah, no. So to get into we this, not we should be though. You can sign up if you want, Gordo. I, let, let me know how it goes. Hey, it's me, Gordo. Happy birthday! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will I put can... this out there. If any of our fans ever write into us and legitimately want a cameo video from us, uh, we will not charge you. <laughs> that is, yeah. Not I mean, I'll, I can record do. a quick video for you. Yeah, we can all hop no, on I'm and say something you. for you for free. How are you giving away our profits? No, I'm charging you. Ferg and I are charging you. If you want Ferg and I, the good stuff, we're I'm charging bug. you. Okay, well, if you want Nick J and I to do it, we'll do it for free. And I'll also so, hack into Gordo's bank account and take some of his money. So, yeah, um, to get into this actual episode, because I think we've, we have to, right? We have, we've watched we, it. We no, have to can actually we just talk skip about it? to the green light of cancel? Yeah. Do we have to? I mean, we uh, can really well, breeze this one. There's one more statement, though. With a show like this, like, what was their plan? It being a talking baby when the baby got older and would like naturally like even in the kayfabe of the show 
he was going to stop talking so you wouldn't need the inner voice anymore. Like you kind of yourself. a situation in which there was foresight in the thought process of this <laughs> show and there just wasn't. They were just like, oh, this, this movie was very successful. Let's capitalize on it. Right. But, but also in the, in the movies, they have that problem too. So for the second movie, they have a new baby. And by the yeah. third movie, the kids can talk. So they have two talking dogs, which is... <laughs> In the words of The Simpsons, a talking dog. <laughs> like it's the worst thing you can do. And the third, the second one had a talking toilet. <laughs> Give me the I'm baby. Bite your tushy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that maybe the best Mel Brooks cameo of all time? It might be. Yes, <laughs> talking toilet. And I would have saved this episode because there's plenty of devices and home goods going wild in this. If we had yeah. Mel Brooks's voice. Which, if we ever talk about this show itself... (laughs) Nobody wants to talk about it. This show is so bad. So, all right. So, just to start off, the exterior shot to start this show, because it's never like an intro. There's no intro scene at any, um, like, opening intro type of stuff. But we're starting with this establishing shot where we're panning up like a a five-story building in, in New York. The music used for this show is like... It's like it's weird like, soul, like, ooh, ooh, yeah. It's ooh. piano music, and then you just get like, ooh, ooh, ha, yeah. ha, yeah. ha. <laughs> Jay, that's such a good impression of that. How is your Bobcat Goldthwait impression coming along? You know, we have, we've talked about this. There's like steps in order for that to, for me to have to do that. It's going and, to happen. And it's, it, and it's uh, a spinoff show that, that you found a show that Bobcat's in. So to get to that point, there's like a lot of checks and balances we have to go through. So I'm good right now. Not really. There's two. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I feel like cover cover two shows. Those are checks (laughs) and balance. That's check and balance. Golden Palace could also be a contender for um, year two anniversary show. We have to do Golden Girls first, though. Yeah, but we have like we have time four months to get. I'm not waiting that long for you to do Bobcat Goldthwait. I'm sorry, no. We can. We'll talk off air. We'll we'll make it so one of our picks is Golden Girls and one of our picks is Golden Palace, and we'll do them back to back. Oh, as long as we don't get confused and pick Golden Showers, right, boys? By the way, <laughs> your impression can't just be one line. You're gonna have to read a tale of two cities in Bobcat's voice. <laughs> do you know how much? Do you know how much it's gonna hurt my throat to try to talk like him for? You know like how much easier seconds? it would have been if had you just done it once when we had yeah, asked you, you to and now it. there's all this pressure on you you thought there was no way you're gonna end up having to do it now here we are and the world's looking jay and you're <laughs> gonna believe... look like a silly we are... bitch yeah. <laughs> we are getting comments on social media <laughs> i didn't want to do it unless i could do it right and i was i it's knew i couldn't Bobcat do it right Goldway impression why does it need to be perfection <laughs> it's a silly ass i've also lying up... from police academy 2 like 50 times i hope that you do it Bobcat sees it and then calls you a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Remember, I was also sick for like, what, half a year (laughs) where I couldn't talk. So, yeah. So anyways, in this uh, this show, so now we see Maggie and her baby. The the baby's name is Mickey. And they're sitting on the couch together. And she's reading them Pat the Bunny. It's like one of those books that's like for babies where it's like somewhat interactive. Like, you know, there's things you can touch and feel and has visuals. And she's going over it in... It's like a play along. So, you know, you, you can pat the bunny, you can look in the mirror, then you can feel daddy's scratchy face. That's creepy, right? It's weird. And, and yeah, then it was try weird. on mommy's wedding ring. And like, it was like, I get what, why it was these things, what the story was. But like in any like, you know, adventure, it's like, oh, like pat, you could look, you can pet the, 
the bunny and, and all these little things and look in the mirror, but it's like, feel dad's scratchy face. So strange. <laughs> that is strange. I mean, in putting on mom's wedding ring is weird too. It's less weird. Not no, because I mean you're talking about a baby. Yeah, but like a baby you're book gonna... that has like stubble in it. <laughs> like, a baby book that? that I mean, you touch mommy's ring, it's gonna go right in your mouth. I'm surprised you can take your wedding ring. I off. laughed Mine is... so hard if Gordo choked on the ring yeah. as he was mimicking that. <laughs> you should be careful, Gordy. You might want to get that a little tightened because you don't want to lose that. No, because it's too. It, no, it's plenty, plenty tight, plenty tight. I had a sandwich earlier, so mine's a little tighter because I had too much sodium. I'm constantly bloated, so sodium doesn't affect me like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I take mine off every day to shower. That seems so weird. I don't ever take mine off. Quesadilla wants to eat my ass, bro. What? Her what? Quesadilla I'm... eating your ass? <laughs> In case a demon eats my ass. I heard quesadilla eat my ass. <laughs> I heard quesadilla eat And my you know ass. what? All of those aside... What does in case a demon wants to eat my ass mean also? He doesn't want him to see that he's married and run away. <laughs> Correct. He wants to make sure <laughs> he wants to invite the demon. No, plus I don't trust uh the soap. Can we please get to the first it? scene of this show? <laughs> like please. <laughs> Do we have Who to? wants to take fan questions? Well, Gordo's right talking now. about demon analingus right now. You don't want to stick around for that conversation? Uh, yeah, so um <laughs> Yeah, so when uh, when she got to that whole wedding ring part of the story, she kind of like reflecting on how she's not married and says like, well, that's enough of that book and throws it aside. And that's when the baby, you know, you cut to the babies and you, you hear Tony Danza go great. Now I'm going to have to wait for the movie. And, um, yeah, again, it's not like she can hear the baby talk, but we, as the viewer are hearing the baby's thoughts, basically. I hated this immediately. <laughs> and I love like, who's talking. I, I was going to say it works. Like, who's talking. This is like immediately. Like I was like, I think my notes were, well, that's Tony Danza, all right. Like, I didn't even know what to say about this. This has to be canned laughter because it doesn't matter what he says. The the audience goes nuts. The world was different. The world was just different back then. There's a couple points. I have one pointed out later that I'll talk about where you can tell that it's like an individual, like, person reacting within the, the audience. You know, like the Tim Allen woo when he took his shirt off. Like, there was something <laughs> like that. So it was it was definitely in front of a live studio audience. I just think, I don't know, simpler times. <laughs> this show wouldn't work. It didn't really work then, but it certainly wouldn't work now. What if they were cavemen babies? Sign me up. <laughs> what if they but were yeah. Muppet babies? Sign for up. I'm going to sign our dirty Muppet babies. <laughs> yeah. And then, so after, anyways, Maggie picks up the baby and puts, puts him in one of those, what are those things called? Ferg, do you know? It's like, it's, it's like a little seat on the ground. You're, you're kind of standing, but you're like trapped in it. And it usually has like a little table in front of you. It's a play thing. I I don't know what those are called. called Like a walker? Like a walker thing? Kind of, but you're stationary. Like you're stuck in it. It's like a saucer. It's like a play saucer. Yeah. 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 So anyways, yeah, she puts him in one of those. And um, then she starts to cry. And that's when sexy George Clooney walks in with the most like luscious lioness hair. He's beefy in this. Yeah, he's looking yeah. good. And uh, he plays um, a carpenter named Joe. And first, you know, before even addressing her, he walks over to the baby and says like, hey, like, Mickey, how you doing? And, you know, you hear, I'm fine, Joe, but I think mom needs a nap. <laughs> and then uh, Joe notices Maggie crying. 
It's and, funny when you, know, you do it, but not yeah, yeah. I wish you could. Go, can you go back and re- recut these scenes? Because I'd enjoy that. I, I would. Yeah, if you want. Yeah, I'll I'll recut my voice into every every part of <laughs> um, you of baby talk. I should. I'll just load it on YouTube and just not mention that it's not Tony Danza's voice. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so Joe sees Maggie crying and tells her like, "Hey, this isn't gonna work. I'm not lowering the bill." And he's like, "You know, women are always trying these same things to get me to lower the bill. They either cry." Or they flirt, or they promise sexual favors. And she's like, I don't believe that. He's like, well, you're right, but it's not a bad idea. So, I believe um, that George Clooney in 1991 is getting promised sexual favors all day long. Uh, I, don't, I don't question that. Yeah, if there's one person that I would know is getting sexual favors requested from him, it's George Clooney. I mean, very handsome man. And very charismatic as well. You know? Also true, yeah. So, um... She explains to Joe that she's not crying because of the bill, but she's crying because Arnie, who is the character in the book she was reading, can feel his daddy's scratchy face, but Mickey never will because he doesn't have one. And then Joe, as you said at the top of the episode, uh-oh, no daddy. <laughs> that line really made me laugh. I feel like there's a lot of stuff in this where like they just wouldn't, like it's not offensive, but they wouldn't want to take the swing, you know? Or like that yeah. might be thought of as weird, or like or like uh, mommy's wedding ring might be like a weird thing, but fuck Tony Dan's saying, "Uh oh, no, daddy!" Like that needs to be like a ringtone or something. <laughs> That's one of those shirts you can't. Like, we always talk about shirts we want to make. That's like you can't make that out of context. You can't just have a baby that says "Uh oh, no, daddy." But you can have Tony Danza that says, oh, no, daddy. That's true. It was just to, could, like adult could, Danza's face. You could put Danza's face on a baby's body. Yeah. Oh, no, daddy. Well, doesn't he die in Angels in the Outfield? Isn't that kind of the weird plot of Angels in the Outfield? Spoilers! <laughs> okay, I'm sorry if I spoiled 1993's children's movie, Angels of the Outfield. But he dies at the end of that, right? So we could have an, oh, no, daddy. And in have between, him, no, like, in between the films. Balls. There's no, like, sad scene in the no, movie where he passes. It's just made no, known you, that because you, you he's get a the smoker. announcement he's going to die, and that's why he gets left in at the end of the movie. Yes. Marty, he's not going to make it to the playoffs. Yeah. After the scratchy face thing, she also mentions how you know Mickey also can't put his finger through mommy's wedding ring because she never had one. And Joe says how he figured that she was just uh, a divorcee, and Maggie's like, no, she was just stupid, and how she fell in love with a man who wasn't ready to be a father or a man or a human. And she's like, look how desperate I am. I'm talking to you. Why am I talking to someone I don't even know? And at that point, I was like, wait, they're not friends? Because like he walks in, he's very comfortable with the kid, lays like down on the couch. Like <laughs> he's, He doesn't come off as just someone who's doing work on the house. Especially at this point, no. there's a lot of work done. He has to have been there for a while, like working at least. So it's not someone she doesn't know. Yeah, right. but and just the idea, like, daily. like, out of the laying on the couch thing, as soon as, not that he was, like, laying on it like he was going to sleep, it's just, like, the way he slouched in. When I first saw him enter the show, I just thought it was established that they were, like, long-term friends. Yeah, that he was just a friend doing a favor. He's just that smooth. Yeah. You know, like, in 80s and 90s shows, there's usually, like, the wacky neighbor. That's what the character seems like at first, right? Like, he comes over, and he's in the house, and he eats their food, but he knows them really well. So then to find out that he's just a worker is kind of interesting, you know? He'd be the fun uncle on other sitcoms. Mm. That's just because he has Uncle Jesse hair in this. <laughs> yeah. He does have Uncle Jesse hair in this. And um, they do eventually get into that bill that she was talking about earlier that he mentioned. It's uh, six grand for the nursery that they're building. And I guess he originally quoted her at 1200 and, you know, they were supposed to be there for, what, three weeks, but it's been two months now. And, and does uh, she own? 
Did she Six own this silly money in '91? By the way, it's it's gonna be a it must it's be close a condo to twenty grand. Yeah, if you're doing in that Brooklyn, kind of work, she's in Brooklyn, which was not gentrified and expensive yet. So like Brooklyn loft in 1991 is pretty cheap. So to spend twenty, the equivalent of twenty grand to put a new bathroom in seems kind of unnecessary. Well, yeah, it was a whole nursery, but then it was like I think she added a tub. But that wasn't that can't that was, be in the nursery, right? The way she put it, that made it sound strange. I took the, I had to just stretch it and think that she had them build a nursery and then wanted a bathroom added onto it. That's how but, I took it like, too. Yeah, that was uh, a bathtub in the baby's room. Yeah, and uh, she said how she expected a better deal, you know, hiring dregs, and you know he's defending, you know, his crew, which is only two people, and she mentions Howard, who's the electrician, and how slow he is, and he's like. Joe says, you know, he's just very cautious. He's only done like, you know, wiring in one other house before. And, um, and then the drunken painter, you know, when she called him a drunk, Joe's like, you know, that's a really rotten label to put on someone you don't even know. And she's like, then why did you think my son is twins? Mm. That made me laugh. (laughs) That That does pay off too. When it pays off later, I think that joke is worth it. Yeah. And then he's like, uh, paint fumes, you know, just a lot over time. And, uh, so you can tell like he knows, but, um. He's insisting that the guy's not a drunk. This is Fogarty. That's his name, right? I just know him as the drunk guy. I think you're oh, right. Oh, yeah. oh Uncle yeah. Lewis. Yeah. So, yeah. So he yeah, enters Fogarty. right at this point and he walks. He's like, hey, lady, I got some color samples for the nursery. Burgundy, brandy, malt brown, and Michelob light. <laughs> okay. Did everyone laugh at Michelob light? Because that's a funny joke. Yeah. I got. I, yeah. I thought that was funny. I I didn't. I no. wasn't funny. <laughs> ha ha! Laughing. I was more internally like. <laughs> it was more of an ironic was, laugh. It was more yeah. <laughs> his voice, then realizing who he was, and then remembering him from the Jerky Boys movie. He's also in before the all the other st- before all the other much more iconic roles. I don't know why Jerky Boys came in my brain. What a surprise! You didn't go to either Puppet Master or Major Pain because those seem like two very Ferg movies. Also, those, those Puppet Masters are like late in the series. Yeah, um, they're basically clip show versions of Puppet Master. What a storied career! <laughs> but um, yeah, he comes in with that, and um, she reminds him like, you know, just don't paint when the baby's around, and he's like, sure thing, lady. And um, as he walks by. He sees Mickey sitting in that thing. He's like, how are you two kids doing? Uh, so that was a payoff to the joke about, you know. Ironically, uh, they are twins. They are, as most uh, yeah, babies in TV shows are. I think all the babies on this, too. If you, like, look up the IMDb for, like, the girlfriend baby, too, is, like, twins. They always have to because there's, like, super limitations rate. on how long you can record with them for. So you need to be able to have two to, like, switch them in and out. You need a swappable baby. So now we cut to um Howard, the electrician, who's in the kitchen, and he calls Joe over, and he tells him how, like, whenever he plugs in this, like, particular plug, he's like, this happens, and plugs it in, and everything goes off, right? The dryer opens up, and clothes start flying at them, like, with the power of wind, which I don't know how that works, but yeah. then you see the blender on, the sink is, like, flying up like it's a, like a water fountain. Yeah, Just ice ev- cubes everything, shooting yeah. everywhere. Everything is going haywire. As he unplugs it, that's when you see all those ice cubes and shit. And uh, he goes, I think some of um, the parts of your ice maker aren't functioning properly. This is a classic example of when like it can be done better. This joke on home improvement is always funny. Like yeah. Tim does something wrong yeah. in the, and this whole thing happened. Like you're watching an episode and this happened in their kitchen. It would work somehow. But this They does went not too extreme, here. I think. That's why. Like it was basically like 
He plugged that thing in, and that room turned into the Twister ride at Universal. Yeah, it's, like, it was much. too much. And then she says that how she's about to head out with the baby, and you know when they return, if everything isn't returning normal, some of his parts won't be functioning properly. Ooh, yeah, ooh. She's about to grab. She's gonna her rip his dick. dick off, right? I believe that was the the actual yeah. threat. I will rip your dick off. <laughs> Who doesn't want Mr. a piece Clooney. of George Momoa? So um, she walks over to the baby and puts on a like a hat that he's objecting to as um you know from his commentary. She says how we're going to go see the nice man. He goes, "Ah, oh, sounds like we're going to go to the doctors." And then she mentions like and then we're going to get you a balloon. He's like, "Oh, I know where this is going. Please don't say anything about the toy store." And then we're going to, you know, when we're done, we're going to go to the toy store. He's like, "Oh no, I'm getting a shot." I mean, Waka I will Waka. say I got blood drawn yesterday and you got a balloon. No, I got toy? no balloon. I got no lollipop. And Kelsey refused. Well, Kelsey took me to the bar. I guess that's it's like the adult equivalent. You might say she refused to buy you a toy. You're like, I'll get the shop, but we're gonna go to Target after. It's like, I'll get it, but we have to go to some place that has beer at two in the afternoon. Um, but no, I still, I still hate getting a shot as an adult. Like, I don't know. I understand that. Like, that still always plays. Like, it's you don't like cry about it, but like getting a shot sucks. I hate I, getting shot. I don't mind them anymore. I was ter- when I was a kid. They legit. Had to send in multiple nurses to like hold me down for shots. I hated it. <laughs> gorilla baby, trying to I, fight I'm telling you, like I like I hated them, like hated them. But then I don't know, like they just became a point where because they, they don't never actually, bothered me for some reason. They don't hurt. They don't they hurt. That's don't. the thing. Yeah. yeah. When they, they, they take blood hurt, for me, they don't other... hurt your arms. But when you're a baby, you're getting them in your tender legs and multiple. And just, I think you build that up from a child, being a child, and you take that into adulthood, those memories deep down. That's, That's why you still have, get a little nervous. My problem is, is that I have thick blood, so people don't <laughs> that believe That is a problem. Me. So people don't believe me. Hear me out. This is like a strange thing, right? So yes, it I, is. <laughs> I have thick blood, so if they do like the straight needle on my big vein, <laughs> on my big boy vein, no blood comes out when they try and draw it. To the point where, like, I was actually sitting there and I went, don't do that because no blood ever comes out. And they go, no, you're just being a baby. And they stick it in and the person is looking down going, are you a vampire? And to the point where another worse walked over and tapped my arm and went, come, 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 come to my blood. And they have to use the vein and a little butterfly needle. On me. Were you going to Hollywood Upstairs Medical College to get your blood drained? <laughs> like, where were you going for this? <laughs> to the, the East Boston Clinic. I mean, to be fair, I got mine in Mooseville the other day, and I when I got it, he like stuck it in. He was like, "That's weird," and all of a sudden, you could just hear like, "Wee!" <laughs> in highlights, like, "No, I think we hit like a ledge or something." I was like, "You're taking blood out, and I hear air, and I know that can give me a heart attack, and I have to sit here and not do anything about it." He popped your lung. <laughs> I just deflate. It's like a way to lose weight. But yeah, I don't look on this side. I've been feeling a little flat lately. <laughs> so um, the next scene is Maggie and the baby are going to the doctor's office, and Maggie's like checking in with the woman at the desk. Uh, her name's Andrea, and she places Mickey on the ground next to another baby, and then heads over to her seat. And now those two babies start talking. So even though the adults can't hear the babies, babies can hear each other talk. Um, without speaking, it's like going yeah, on these. It's kind of like a telepathic thing almost, but yeah, it's also, weird. But real like, quick, what? too, the, the actor who played Nurse Andrea, 
only thing she ever did was this really? show. She did six episodes of this show, and then she said, quit drilling, we struck oil. I'll never achieve these highs again. I mean, I she wasn't like a, a standout, but I thought she was like proficient. She was a good looking girl. Like, I'm surprised she couldn't find any work after that. Yeah, I mean, maybe this was such a bad experience. Maybe like you're like, I finally got my first acting gig, and then you hear reviews like the ones we read earlier, and you're like, you know what, maybe I'll just do something else. School yeah. sounds good. Yeah. Right, yeah. But, <laughs> Maybe um, she became she a real nurse. It's possible. Maybe. But she put the baby right next to this other random baby. She doesn't know why that kid's there. What if the kid has, like, smallpox or something? That's that's some parent talk. That's what happens when you have the the, the one parent on the panel. Because I was I, that never dawned on yeah, me I that never thought it's of a that. doctor's like, office. He's, and the he's just there sick. for a shot, and he puts it next to the other baby. They don't know if it's sick. Well, wouldn't technically, though... All the babies get sick if they're in the waiting room, though. Like, I know that, like, if your baby is sick, so there's, like, a quarantine area, isn't there now, Ferg? When I went, when I was a kid, when I remember, like, going to the pediatrician, the, it was, like, the, the office was split. There was, like, two different sides to the waiting room. Yeah. There was a section for people who were there for just shots and stuff, and then if you were going there because you were sick, you had to go to the other side. Yeah, this is, like, a small little private practice, though. It's yeah. not like that. Yeah, we're yeah. all sharing the same editions of Highlights magazine, so everyone's getting sick no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> I always did the finish the magazine so other people couldn't enjoy them. It sounds like you. But you mean like <laughs> yeah. recently, right? <laughs> like when you had your son. I, fought, I found all the hidden pictures and circled them with pen. <laughs> There's Waldo. Fuck you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so when the babies are talking, they're like, oh, what are you here for? And, you know, Mickey's like, oh, I think I'm here for my booster shot. You? And then the other kid's like, I have a rash so bad that even the New England Journal of Medicine can't explain. He's like, personally, I think it comes from sitting in a diaper full of urine for six hours. Which Who's not changing their baby for six hours? That was right? my first yeah. thought, too, yeah. I mean, he's just outing his parents. He's, it's a cry for help. This shitty mom, apparently. You don't got to change them that often for pee. Six hours? Six but hours? Six, six, six hours is crazy, but when the diaper starts to, like, puff up, you know it's too much. I take my dog out more time. I've had I to mean, pee yeah. since the second we started recording. It's been 40 minutes. You need a diaper. I, to be <laughs> fair, I need, I want one of those things they have for like the army where like you just sort of pee into like a, like a plastic urinal thing. Oh, yeah. Like it's, a it's sniper? A bottle? Yeah, the snipers and stuff have, yeah. I don't want any of the, you know, I, tough I, coolness I, I, of I can't get you that, Joe, but I can get you those golf clubs that you pee into. Ooh. <laughs> You've seen those, um. Infomercials for them? They have weird. not. But please, for does Frank Thomas sell them? Because I really want one sponsored by him. Be great when you have people over the house. Joe, I didn't know you golfed. It's like, don't turn that over. Where? Yeah, where are the rest of your clubs? That's like how Evil Knievel would keep whiskey in his cane. I just keep pee in my golf <laughs> clubs. Yeah, as they're talking, another mom pops up and drops her baby with the uh, two boys that are talking. It's a girl named Gloria, and her and Mickey seem to know each other. He's like, Yo, Gloria, you're looking good. It's like, oh, you're just saying that. No, really, did you do something with your hair? It's like, yeah, I grew some. <laughs> like, so dumb. Oh, the worst jokes. They really, like, yeah. whenever the babies talk, it's almost, like, 80% of the time they had to make sure there was a line that drove in the, hey, we're talking babies. Like, they really had to force that all the time. In the next conversation with the two babies, there's a line I think is, like, the most aggravating line in the whole episode and it's that reason right it's the like we're babies yeah so um 
now it's time for Mickey to go to the doctor. So they get into the office and I guess it was time for him to get his DPT shot, which I looked up. It was a real thing, but, um, that we probably like, all got. Diet. Yeah. yeah, we all got it. It's like the T is tetanus. It's like a, it's a multi-vaccine. Has yeah. a few things in it. Yeah. Although we were talking about this the other day, cause I had to get a tetanus shot this year. So when you ask, like if you get a tetanus shot, right, they go, Hey, you got bit by a dog or whatever, right? You need a tetanus shot. Okay, sure. Uh, when was the last time you got one? And you're like, oh, I don't remember. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So you say, how long are they good for? They say like, oh, 10 years or until another incident. Which to me means they're not good at all because you need one every time. So why do they give you that 10 year thing? Because if, you, if it's nine like years and you get bit, you still need another one. Because it's, like yeah. it's like you drained it. Like anything it's yeah, good yeah, for yeah. got drained and now you're back. Right, but if you got one in a year, like if I get bit by a dog again or a squirrel or whatever tomorrow, rabies. they're you're still going to give rabies. me one and I won't even be a year in. Joe, you're talking about rabies. Tetanus is like when you step on a nail. Yeah, they gave me tetanus when I got bit by the dog, not rabies. Really? I really? stepped on a I stepped on a nail and got a tetanus shot. And yeah, I got that sucks. I stepped on a nail and got a tetanus shot too. Oh no, am I gonna get rabies? <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week when Joe's just foaming at the mouth the whole time, <laughs> grunting. To be fair, it'd probably be more uh, quality content than what I give. It's gonna be right like now. like Pee Wee in the mirror, mad dog. Ah! <laughs> but um. As he's getting ready for the shot, Maggie starts to drop his pants to get him ready. And uh, you get the, you know, the baby saying, she had to put me in these smiley face diapers. It was like such a ugly diaper. <laughs> like, it's for, I know they make ones for kids with different designs. It would have been great if, like, he pooped in the diaper and it made a frown. <laughs> yeah. If you could design that, then you might actually make some money. Yeah, please get on that. Like It'll a temperature controlled. Um, if it gets like to a certain, like if it gets hot, like the face will change. I know well, the diapers make, now do the Coors that. Light thing where they turn blue yeah. if there's pee in them. Yeah, they turn like like purple with like little like birds and shit now because that's how you oh. know they peed in them. I want to, but make they one. don't frowny face, which Gordon yeah. I think is a. I actually um I thought the doctor was actually a pretty decent like actor playing a doctor. <laughs> he did a pretty good job. He didn't have a lot, but. When he uh when he walked up to the baby, he's like, "Oh, we're just gonna give you a quick shot. It's gonna be a little pinch." And he counts down. I was like, "Good doctor acting right there." What's funny is he's the only actor who comes back in the second season, but he they just reshot a scene with him for like ten seconds because they thought the audience would be like, "Oh, we remember him," which I think is so fucking insane. <laughs> like of he's all like, the people, they were like, "Put the doctor in for two more seconds." He That's was a doctor he's not again, in it again. Same doctor. Same doctor. Same actor. Okay. Yeah. Good continuity. Yeah, but um, after he gets the shot, you get him saying, how about that? I didn't even flinch. Am I a macho baby or what? Again, the lines are, you know, they're yeah, there. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're, that's they're, a line. Um, the, the crowd seems to like them. I feel like they let him just say whatever he wanted. Like Tony, There was no Tony script. Danza's. That would have been even better if it was all improv. I mean, this you is know the what, height who? of Tony Danza's fame, too, right? Yeah, I mean, it was during Look, um, Who's the Boss. So. During Who's the Boss. So they probably were just like, just riff, man. You know what it reminds me of, too, when we were talking about, like, uh, the comparisons? Whose Line Is It Anyway would do, like, sketches like that sometimes where they would have someone off to the side with a microphone. It, yeah. it gave off that vibe a lot, too. I loved Whose Line Is It Anyways, and it is a shame that we cannot cover that. Because it's not I've been watching it a lot recently, actually. It's fucking great bedtime material. Like the older ones with, like, Colin Mockery. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Drew Carey, you gotta have that. Hey, that look, that Laugh Out Loud Canada show on Amazon with Colin Mockery was one of the funniest things I've seen in years. So now um, we go back to the waiting room where Maggie's like getting Mickey ready. 
and putting them in his stroller so they can head back out. And that receptionist, Andrea, tells Maggie, hey, you might want to wait around for a few more minutes. The 4.30 appointment's heading in, and uh, he might be a great match for you. He's an attorney. He's a single father. He's smart. He's successful. And then, uh, yeah, but is he good at peekaboo? That was a re- that was that's a tough one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but is that also supposed to be like a veiled sexual joke for his mom? No, 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 <laughs> no. He's just a talking baby. Okay, I took that as like maybe like an, like make the adults laugh. Like he's playing peekaboo, like any Audi. No, no, it's, no, in case you didn't realize after this long that that's a talking baby. <laughs> he has to make another <laughs> I'm a talking baby joke. Yeah, everything is about how he's a baby who talks. <laughs> every every line. Hey, can you believe this? I'm a baby. And I, t- I sit, talk about baby stuff. Maggie says, you know, I keep telling you I'm not dating and that I'm finished with men. And then the door opens and that's revealing Craig, who uh, played by Ted McGinley, like you said before, holding his baby. And Maggie turns to Andrea and says, to the, you know, um, tell the doctor we're here for our 430 appointment, you know, to trick him into thinking that, you know, she's going to be sticking around too. Um, Ted McGinley, we, we said he was Jefferson. Um, he was in major league and I feel like every time he's in something, part of his character description is that he's handsome. You know what I mean? He's like a very it's handsome, always, guy. Very handsome he fella. He's a very handsome guy, but it's like, it's always part of his role. Like it, it's it, like, it has to That's be known that he's handsome. Wait, no, did you say he was in major league? For him. Like what? if he I means revenge, revenge of the nerds, you mean revenge of the nerds, major not major league. league. He was in major league three. Oh, he's in back to the minors of Scott Bakula and Walton Goggins. <laughs> It's been a long time since I've seen that. Don't sleep on three, by the way. Three's not good. Don't. No, it's not bad. It I is. I think that's Walton Goggins' first role, actually. Yeah, he's in, um, he's in, um, yeah, Major League Three. Oh, it's been so long since I've seen that. But Back I love that minus. you pull up that he's in Major League Three before Revenge of the Nerds. Like, that was your initial point to go to. Well, the point remains the same. <laughs> the point is, no matter what he's in, part of his character is that he's handsome. Like, that's, that's part of the character description. I didn't look up what he's doing nowadays, but uh, you don't see him very often anymore, which is kind of a shame. Probably just swimming in money. Just I mean, hanging out he with, did like with 200 Marcy. episodes of Married with Children. When that went to syndication, he probably made a boatload of money. Um, according to his IMDb, his last credit is he's done 30 episodes of a show called The Baxters. He plays John Baxter, the TV series that started in 2019. So that show could still be running. Interesting. Is this what network that's on? Uh, not on IMDb, it doesn't. And it doesn't look like it's funny. So nothing we can carry. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to do a little homework on that. I still feel like someday we'll have to do bonus episodes to redo like the second versions of shows we cover. Because it'd be great to cover like a Jefferson era married with children because we just did a Steve. Shows right? that we talked that got retooled and stuff like he's, that. You know? He's yeah. so much better than shitty Steve. I like Steve, but Jefferson's better. Yeah, Jefferson's way better. There was more to the character, I think. I think, you know, he's a little more lively. Right, because he's sleazy and scheming, and that's when you get all the no-ma'am stuff. Yeah, so now we get back to, well, there's another transition scene with that music, and every time I heard it, again, I just, I hated it. I just couldn't deal with it, but. Not a great choice. um, I don't see how it fit. The the music was like, sounded like, if you took out the the ad-lib, like, moans and woos in it, it's like very, like, mad about you music which doesn't fit like the vibe of the show yeah it's like but um gibbity bebop jazz stuff which doesn't yeah. work for this but then um now um it transitions right to them out to dinner so apparently they hit it off in the doctor's office and they have the two babies with them who are both in like side-by-side high chairs he's telling them you know i'm glad andrea introduced us 
And she's like, yeah, so did Andrea. And they're talking about how they're both expected to call her. And the babies start making small talk, too. And he says, you know, I haven't seen you at uh, Dr. Fletcher's before. And if she goes there often. And she's like, no, not really. He's like, good, because I like them healthy. <laughs> okay. I like them healthy. Fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> This is also where uh, she says, I hope I'm a girl. And he goes, I hope you're a girl, too. It's like, oh, my fucking God. Get me out of this <laughs> terrible TV show. It was. Yeah, that was an, that was an interesting one. Yeah, um, <laughs> because she wears pink. <laughs> yeah, I hope I'm a girl. They cut back to the parents who are engaging in some small talk and they're just like comparing their jobs. And then it goes right back to the babies who are fast falling in love with one another. And she tells Mickey that, you know. She's only known him for a few hours, but it feels like, you know, they've known each other their entire lives, which gets right. a little pop from the audience because their entire lives has not been that long. I tolerated the show to this point. This was the point where I started to truly hate the show. I didn't really like, I just, uh, the tone early I, on too. I was like, yeah. I know what this is and I don't really need this in my life, but whatever. I will say sometimes it takes me a long time to do notes for a show because I'm pausing to write things down. I made a conscious effort during this one that I was like, I'm just going to write as I go so I could finish this in the 22 minutes. I can't take yeah. more than 22 minutes of watching this show this time. Um, Yeah, she's um talking about how she feels like ever since they've met, everything's changed. And he goes, I know what you're saying. It feels like something magical is about to happen. I feel like I'm about to. Uh oh. And then and is um, this where Gordo fell in love with the show? Yes, this is where Gordo decided he had to greenlight it. I have I have one ready in the can and I can I can Are you gonna pull yourself? <laughs> I almost did today, actually. I thought I almost did. You thought the you way almost that the did? fart came so out, you it kind of like stuttered. It was like blah 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 and I was like, what the fuck? Nick, please edit this out. I fucking hate <laughs> this so much. I think I might, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, so <laughs> She goes, is everything okay? And he, he's embarrassed because, you know, he's trying like to- Like Gordo should be currently. Like Gordo should be all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and he's trying to cover it up. But the mom smells what's going on and asks if he needs his diaper changed. And he goes, shh, keep your voice down. That's like the only time I thought it was cute. <laughs> Him being embarrassed and like trying to shush her. The, the girl, uh, who's, I don't know if I mentioned her name's Danielle. She's like, oh, it's not a big deal. And that she understands, which cuts to Craig who's feeling her diaper and says, oh, looks like she needs to get changed too. And he goes, oh, Danielle, you did that just to make me feel better. <laughs> and I felt like this is the sign of affection that must have put a tear in Gordo's eye. A girl that deliberately shit herself just in solidarity to the, uh, <laughs> to, um, right now. the counterpart. Yeah. Try it right now. It I was mean, a very sweet move. It, I mean, <sighs> like, this, they should have opened with this. They should have just they they would have had me, but they've already lost me at this point. Yeah, they couldn't pull you back on this, huh? Not not it's too late. It's too late with the with the baby poop. Like it should have just been right from the get go. Like, uh oh, no, daddy, but I got a boom boom. <laughs> like instant gold. We always talk about how we write rewrite shows, and this is the I one time it is not working. Out. There's no there's no fixing this. No, no. Uh, the way you rewrite this show is you throw it in the incinerator. Kill it. I actually had something in mind how, how I think this show would work. And bear with me. I was going to mention it later, but since it came up, it's funny as it sounds, the way to make this sh show work was to take away the talking babies. I but agree 100%. They, it's not pivotal enough to the show to be necessary. This, the girl who plays Maggie was pretty good and, and there's some writing troubles and, and other things I need to get touched up. 
But like just the idea and the basic sitcom premise of a single mom who's trying to date while having a baby and trying to maybe meet guys who have babies and then, and then has the sexy guy who's working on her house or whatever. Like that all works. You don't need a talking baby. That gives you two of the, like the jokes you can do that are a little more adult where like, he's like, how about later on? I nail you. He's like, what? Like, 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 right. Like you can do the weird things like that, that you couldn't do in this show to like really do sexual tension. I just think, yeah, it's like everything worked like uh, the, like her and George Clooney. They had good chemistry together and stuff like that. This show, they, they retooled all the wrong parts. Like it was, you know, keep them and say, we want to base the show more around your like, will they, won't they get rid of the talking baby stuff. So and, then like, it would on. just be talk. Yeah. yeah but that's what most talk. sitcoms are. Yeah. You change the, the title of the show to let's talk. And then all of a sudden the baby can't speak anymore and we move forward. But you still have Tony Danza saying like, hey, oh, hey, oh. no, 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 no. In this version no. of the show, Tony Danza is no. not. Tony Danza is no longer a part of this show. You don't just all of a sudden Tony Danza is a cast member like, hey, Tony remember Danza. me? <laughs> Tony Danza is <laughs> now the housekeeper. Is anyone seen Danza? Tony Danza plays her grown up son and the age difference makes no sense because he's like 10 years <laughs> older than her. And then just nobody ever mentions it. He's like, hey, mom. There is I a show like that, that Joe. Show. Yeah, you would watch that show because that's Mama's Family, and you love that show. <laughs> I fucking love Mama's Family. What's uh, what's her name? Vicky what? Um, Vicky Lawrence. Vicky Lawrence. Vicky Lawrence and her daughter, Betty White. Yeah, who's like <laughs> 45 years older than her. Yeah. We cut back to Maggie's house, and we have like the three carpenters sitting there in the living room, and they're playing poker. What The, the thing with the like licking the card and putting it on your head, is that like... I, I don't game. know what that is. Is that to like... I don't it's know. a different game of poker. I forget it's what like, it's Because you know everybody else's card, but not You know own. everyone else's card, so you're betting based on knowing already kind of like what, yeah, what someone else is playing with. Has anyone ever done that version or licked a card and put I've it on their head? I've only ever seen it. I've never actually yeah. done it, yeah. Yeah, I've never done it. I don't want to lick people's cards or my own... You know, like that's, that's, that's the thing, too. Yeah. Once you lick really. a card, it's been licked. Like, do we put it back in the deck and shuffle it and then lick it again later? I feel like that's also a very like nineteen like a thing of the times. Yeah. And then from upstairs, Maggie yells down and is like, What are you guys doing? And she heads down. We didn't really talk about this yet. Someone want to describe what this house looks like? Because it does not look like a normal apartment loft uh, condo. So it's anything. a loft where they have like the elevator door that goes right up and opens in. Almost like, like Wayne and Garth's apartment in Wayne's yeah. World 2. In the abandoned doll factory. In the abandoned doll factory. Um and there's two levels to it. It's like a twenty foot tell- ceiling. It's a pretty tall ceiling. So what I gathered from this, from the first episode or first shot of the show, they pan up, right? And it's a six story building. Yeah. And they zoom into the fifth floor. So they're like, I'm guessing that she has the fifth and sixth floor. And the sixth floor is the upstairs. Where is she working in accounting? <laughs> that she can Again, afford? though, Brooklyn, 1991, it was, yeah, like, that's a rundown uh, building. It looks like the building from coming to America. Like, it's not like it's, like, a really nice building. And she's doing work in it because it is pretty industrial inside. And that's another thing not to, you know, not to get ahead. But season two, that's another one of the many changes. They moved them to Manhattan. Yeah, she's much more, uh, making a lot more money. They move her. I mean, because at that point, too, right, you've got, like, Seinfeld happening. People have these nice apartments on uh, the Upper West Side, you know. Yeah, that was, like, an issue I had with, like, that loft is it never really looked like a real house that looked too much like a set because of how big it was and how open it was. It looks like places I've gone to, like, looks like lofts I've gone to shows in. 
Yeah, or like art spaces and stuff. Yeah, it's, like it doesn't yeah. look like some place that like a single mom and her baby would live in. But um, yeah, sh- she's heading down like the the spiral steps to like get down there. She's telling them like, oh, like this stuff is supposed to be cleaned up a half hour ago because she has company headed over. And as she's walking down, you get that little ooh from everyone because she's just like in a black dress. She wasn't wearing like a sexy black dress, so I I, I was just kind of surprised. Was a black dress, yeah. Yeah, it was a, just a dress that was black. Um, so I didn't know why they. They really like responded that way because she wasn't dressed much different than she normally dresses. Howard says, you know, you look stunning. And Fogarty's like, oh, what do you got a little date lined up tonight? Um, He's so creepy, but I love it. So like at this point, she's getting like a little nervous with the condition of the house because she has Craig coming over. The guys offer to help her out. And Maggie tells Howard to get the nice china. And Joe says, oh, this must be serious. <laughs> and then she goes to Fogarty and says like, how about the silverware? He goes, I was nowhere near it. That was a good laugh. Fogarty's the winner of the show. That, that one got me. Yeah, he is. And also, um, I'm sorry, I have to bring it up. He was acting very Danhausen-y um, before Danhausen existed, but I can see him. Though I can't do a good Fogarty um, impression, but you've been doing you, good. Uh, uh, just doing. I'm just doing raspy. I like. I didn't like. I don't have his cadence quite down. And she's like, "No, I mean, get it." He's like, "Oh, all right." And then we cut to Mickey, who's excited because Danielle's about to show up. So he's like singing show tunes to himself. This is this actually would like lend its itself to the idea that Tony Danza is just ad libbing because that that felt like something he would just be doing. I really think he. I'm not kidding. I really think he is. I don't think he had a script. Yeah, that or he's just drunk and threw it away and was like, "Fuck yeah, this is live. I'm just gonna go <laughs> I got for this. it." So, um, Joe tells Maggie that it looks like she's gonna um. That she's going all out for Mr. Suspenders. And she tells him, like, hey, not everyone can go through life dressed like they're going to a hoedown. Because um, Joe's always wearing just, like, a flannel and jeans. Because he's a contractor. Yeah, he's, like, he's doing work clothes. Work, yeah. He's, he's dressed for work. He's That'd be weird if he showed on. up and was like, I'm going to put in your tub today. And he's wearing, like, a tuxedo with tails. Like, that yeah. wouldn't be fucking the right outfit. So um, he starts helping her in the kitchen. And that's where we see that she ordered takeout that she's like planning to mask as home cooked food. So she's like putting it in pots and pans and stuff. That's got to be the oldest sitcom joke of all time. You know what's funny? Because I learned that from Mrs. Doubtfire. Same. Mrs. Yeah, that's Mrs. The first Doubtfire came out like two, two years, years after this. Yeah. But um, that was one of those things that in Mrs. Doubtfire, that's just like one of those little things that even as a kid, it always stood out to me. It was like something that like really like got in like ingrained in my memory was like the idea of like the takeout pretending it's dinner. I was like, Oh wow. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. Have you ever seen that's the hot flashes scene? Like when yep. he lights his tits on fire. <laughs> Have you ever seen all the alternate takes is about 700 lines he uses and they're all hilarious. No, but I they're, on, like a, in they're on YouTube. Just look them up. It's okay, really they, funny. He was like, they're like a Blu-ray or something. I've never bought that movie, but I would if there's like hours and hours. There's of apparently scene. enough footage for a second Mrs. Delphi movie. There was another whole subplot and stuff. It's crazy. Oh, they cut a lot of, out of that movie out. Like with Anchorman, when they made the second movie just out of stuff they yes shot. Yeah, but that wasn't good. That's not true. The Wake scene up, Ron Burgundy was great. It was yeah, too the scene messy. where they're in the car confessing his love to Ron Burgundy is one of the funniest yes, five minutes that, of film history. That, no radio. <laughs> yeah, that, that part was I love funny. you, Ron. But it just didn't. It wasn't like I don't. Um, know, it wasn't like coherent enough. It just didn't work. You could tell they were like mixing, you know, extra scenes they had together. They made a movie out of cut footage. You give them some but credit. It felt, but it felt. That I give way. them the credit for it. Yeah. 
but on um, burgundy and champion kind. <laughs> when to get that movie, you had to buy the two pack that was like a Best Buy DVD. Oh exclusive. yeah, and I did. <laughs> oh, of course, but like a different time, right? Like that seems like it was so long ago now. But yeah, if I could get the Snyder cut of Mrs. Doubtfire, like by all means, like put that out there. So as Maggie's scrambling to get all the food situated, Joe tells her, you know, just take it easy. It's just a guy coming over for dinner. And she's like, yeah, but, you know, he, we've been spending the last three weeks together and he's telling me that he has something very important to ask me tonight. Was anybody else thrown off by this time jump here? It was like, we've been here for three weeks. Like, you don't get the impression that they leave that first dinner and then it's three weeks later. Yeah, there wasn't enough yeah. there. But and also, then, nothing like, has changed in the kitchen. They've been working there yeah. for three weeks and nothing looks any different, which maybe is the gag, I guess. Joe hasn't changed. Joe's wearing the same exact shirt. For, right. For well, he's going to a hoedown. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I don't think they did a good enough time jump as far as the evolution of their relationship or anything either. Like it's, it felt like later that day or the next day, it, you know, it just, it, it didn't vibe any different. Yeah. And even then, like if, even if it was three weeks, she's expecting a proposal. And then yeah. as we find out later, I gets mean, a proposal, like. This is weird. I mean, I people just... get engaged quickly. You see it all the time, right? People meet and they get engaged really quickly. I, I feel like you see it more, too, with people who've either been married before and this isn't their first time or people who have situations like this where they're like, this will benefit us both. We're both happy. Why not? Right. Three weeks is quick, though. It's <laughs> not quick. a very long time. You really don't know somebody in three weeks. No. Joe asks her if, um, are you actually going to marry this guy? And she's like, well, he has a daughter that needs a mother. and..." I have a son that needs a father. It's an ideal marriage, isn't it? And Joe asks if she loves him. And she says, that's none of his business. He's like, well, it is if I have to big, uh, build a bigger bathroom or bedroom. I'm sorry. That was actually not a bad line. That's good banter because yeah, it's that's no actual real banter. baby. Yeah. So like, I understand that we're probably trying to set it up to get these two together. I still feel like the way they're talking and the way that, like their comfortability with one another. It just doesn't make sense for the fact that you're just a contractor at my house and we don't have any pre-established friendship. Or we don't hang out. Yeah. It almost feels like he's a buddy doing her a favor who happens to be a contractor. I agree. Yeah. It's like they have a pre they've yeah. Like they know each other already, but, but, but they don't. They, I like, know. That's and a that's thing. what I'm and saying. It feels like they do. And if they, they could have just played it off, like he could be in the same role in her life. And they could have established, like, you know, like, he's helping her with the house. And it could have been like, hey, you know, I'm doing you a big favor. Yeah, That's mean, why I got these guys on my team, because they're cheap. And it could have been all of that. Yeah. What's weird, too, is so, like, in shows like this, right? Like, this relationship is a will they, won't they, right? Like, it's the way yeah. they try to do it. So you're always like, oh, will they get together this week? Or is it not going to happen? But when you're coming from an established movie where they already have this relationship and you know exactly where it's going to go. Yeah. That she falls in love with the handyman, that it seems also kind of like you're kind of dooming the show too, because you've already sort of buried the lead on it. Also, don't forget she wants to get married after seeing this other guy for three weeks. At this point, she's known the other guy for over a month, so that's enough for a strong friendship in her world. I, yeah, true. that's true. And even like this whole idea of like, you know, them not having enough of an established relationship is kind of joked about because the next thing she says is like I don't want to talk to you about any of this. Like, you're my contractor. We have a business relationship. Now zip up my dress and stay out of my life. <laughs> and um, it, it is like, it is, you can see that, again, that, as the viewer, you're seeing that these two are the ones that are supposed to be together. So I guess, like, I don't know. I don't know. 
Again, this is a show about a talking baby. I will say, though, imagine how lucky you are. It's 1991, and the two guys uh, vying for your attention are Ted McGinley and George Clooney. You're doing pretty okay. And you're a single mom? That's... You didn't hit the jackpot. I mean, she's not a bad-looking girl. And she has a nice job. She's got, like, a nice little charm to her. So A giant loft? She's working from home before the internet. How does that even work? I think you go into the office and you get all the paperwork and numbers for your people and you bring it home and you like work and crunch all the numbers and then go back into the office. I think you probably work like quasi remote. He's a fax machine. She may have a fax machine. Yeah, that's true. But if you're doing like the account of the kind of accounting where you're doing like all paper accounting for somebody who has that much stuff that would pay that much, like reams of paper would be coming through the fax machine. It would all have to be paper. That's what I mean. Like, like, that's like an office thing, right? Where you have the capability to do that more than just like killing a tree at your house every day. Well, yeah. The toner cartridges were huge and expensive back then. Yeah. This is when Craig and the baby finally enter. And we mentioned before, yeah, she has that like freight elevator situation that goes like straight into her apartment. Craig sits Danielle next to Mickey on the floor, which, you know, much to his excitement. And Maggie mentions how like, oh, these guys are just leaving now. And then the babies start, like, getting to, like, some small talk, and they're clearly, like, very into one another. And we go back to Maggie, who's telling Craig to watch the kids for a minute so she can get dinner ready. He's like, ooh, a cook, too? And she does, like, this kind of, like, cute shrug, like, you know. You're starting a relationship out on lies at that point. Like, they're eventually going to figure that out. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, it's so weird to me people do that sort of stuff. Like, I get Mrs. Doubtfire doing it because she's pretending to be a completely different Oh, yeah, it's like a being. very different situation, yeah. Right, but if you're dating somebody and you start off being like, of course I'm a five-star chef, and I made this giant dinner for you, and then you can't cook anything ever, like, that's just going to be a weird conversation later for no she reason. She never said yeah. she can't cook, she said she didn't have time. Okay, yeah, well, I guess that's yeah. true for you getting this so much credit, but then again, we're analyzing it when we shouldn't be either. Analyzing our talking baby show. We're going to spend two hours talking about Baby Talk, a show that Tony Danza hasn't spent two hours thinking about since he recorded it. That he probably didn't spend two hours total in dialogue doing for two seasons, because every episode is just, I think about you all the time. Every ten minutes is all he does. I'm proud of you for not making any uh, baby stepbrother jokes, by the way. (laughs) Oh, it's coming up. No, I won't, and I won't with babies. That's a bit... That's Even for me, that's too much. I'm proud of you. Thank you. As the babies are talking, like, she tells him, like, you, you look especially cute tonight. And he goes, you have the prettiest face I've ever seen. And this is, like, I mentioned before, you hear one girl in the audience who's like, oh, she thought it was, like, the most adorable thing. So you do get, like, that was the one time yeah. you could tell it was a live crowd because one girl, like, her heart melted when he said you have the prettiest face I've ever seen. I really want there to be somewhere, like, somebody has the audio of Tony Danza reading the line and then just being, like, fed up and being like, what the fuck is this shit? What am I doing here? Like, out to the live crowd, because I feel like it had to have happened. <laughs> he also complimented her hair and the way it tumbles down to almost her ears. That was kind uh, of a funny joke. Though. That was kind of funny. <laughs> she goes, I bet you say that to all the girls. He goes, not anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> he said it, so, said it so cryptically, like, I don't know. How many girls is this baby talking to? Well, Sounds he's, like a, he's a baby flirt. murderer with that if conversation. You, if, well, if you remember when Gloria was in the doctor's office, like he is a flirt. So, you know, any girl he comes in contact to, apparently. And he we kind of co- sounds like Charles. He reminds me of like the Charles Bronson Simpsons episode. Like, hey, mom, can we go? No dice. No, when they go to Br- when they go to Bronson, go Bronson instead of Bronson. I know what you're talking about. I just wanted to see you do a Charles Bronson. I wanted to. 
<laughs> no, sorry. We need to find an episode with Charles Bronson, and I'll I'll gladly do it. Hey, Gordo, how's your Charles Bronson impersonation? He did not do a lot of uh, sitcom work. Oh, shucks. <laughs> oh, shucks. That'd be a great sitcom. It would be better than this. I, I would bet watch you the, O'Shucks. I don't know what O'Shucks like, is about. Yeah, I feel but like, like there's probably a show called O'Shucks. But yeah, we cut back to the parents where Craig reminds her that he has something important to tell her. And he mentions that, you know, his firm is changing locations and he's going to have to move to Denver in a few weeks. So he goes on to say, like, look, Maggie, you're a sensational person. You're the kind of woman that any man in his right mind would be crazy to not want to spend the rest of his life with. So, Maggie, will you marry me? And the babies are very excited at the prospect of being together for the rest of their lives. But they're going to be brother and sister. uh, Yeah, a couple step-siblings in love. (sighs) Come on. I didn't say anything sexual, but that is the situation. They're very much in love with each other, and they become uh, step-siblings. By the way, Although if the one right- of them gets caught in the dryer, they'll die. It's a different scenario. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't go with sex, but you went with dead baby instead. I guess it's better. He went even darker. <laughs> I think it's better still. But um, I'm sorry. Better writing would be she's expecting to get proposed. That the actual thing he wants to talk to her is about he's moving to Denver and breaking up with her. Like then that's what I was just- expecting. Yeah. Yeah, her getting exactly what she wanted, and then you know what actually happens, and then well, he turns be- into a dick. Well, yeah, because like, you know no after sense. he proposes, he's like, you know, Craig, you're a great guy, you know, and I don't know what to say without hurting feelings, but the answer is no. And I'm like, what happened? And I, you know, like again, obviously there's a plenty of problems with the writing. It should have been more established that there was something between her and Joe, and that's what the hesitation was. Because when he asked, like, "Are you in love with this guy?" like Build that up a little bit. But then also, this whole thing with Craig, even the way we'll get into it in a second, how he reacts. I can fix that too. You had one more scene at the end. She goes, I think even before that, I go, Hey, you engaged now? He's like, No, because all I heard in your head was, Do you love him? Do you love him? Do you love him? And I couldn't do it. Boom. But like, up until then, the stuff with like Craig, they should have put some like cracks in the armor when they were at dinner and stuff. He should have said things to make you not like him. But there was like, only on was, screen for like 20 yeah, have seconds. Him flirt, yeah, have him flirt with the waitress. Anything. Like, cheers. Anything. But like, he was like, like Mr. Sumner. He was just the perfect guy. And then she says no. And like, not hey, for good. The I'm going to go watch some football with my friends. <laughs> but that was, but, but even that was like fine at that point. It was like, whatever. Because I felt like even the way he reacted was okay. It wasn't like, it didn't make him a bad person because he was just relieved because they were on the same page. Because as soon as she said no, he like slaps his leg in, his, in excitement. And he's like, oh, thank you. Yeah, he's like, woo doggy. Yeah, you just made me the happiest man on the face of the earth. It's like, Craig, I said no. He's like, yeah, I know. Thank you. And he's, you know, he's saying like, I was only doing this for Danielle because I felt so guilty her not having a mother. But like, I don't really want to marry you. Like, what a load off. I feel so free. Um, I thought he actually acted really well in the situation, too. Like, just. Um, him as an actor like per- the performance was good his performance was good i feel like too we talked about the second season they retool this and they move her to manhattan everything i think a better way to do it is she moves to denver for season two and that's how you have the whole new cast because she moves completely across the country and then you just have her say be like oh i knew a guy who moved out here once he made it sound really good you don't have to have him in it and that's how you introduce all the new characters and at that time, every show was in New York or Los Angeles. There was no shows taking place in Colorado. That would have been like an interesting like location for it, too. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, you could have the the whole. Um, I sorry, I always bring up the the office, but like Michael Scott moves over to Colorado. We could have got that him and Holly in Colorado. And I think 1992, when they do the second season, isn't that the first year of the Colorado Rockies? So you had a lot of uh, a lot of attention on Denver and that whole area. <laughs> it's our time to shine. Date, they could have had her date a baseball player or something, right? They could have had the Rockies throw some money at this. There's tie-ins you could have done. Yeah, she says you're taking this so well, maybe a little too well. And he's like, let's be honest with ourselves. We're both just trying to make this work for the kids. And she agrees and reminds him, like, you know, I am the one who turned you down, by the way, because, you know, the excitement is bothering her. And he says, you know, I know, but, you know, it just doesn't make sense. You know, you're a beautiful woman. I just, you know, I don't feel anything for you. But again, like, as excited as he is, like, I don't take that as him being a dick because she was saying earlier the same thing. Like, I think I should marry him because he has a daughter and I have a son and they both need another parent. Exactly. So, like. Yeah, they so both like, decide a marriage of convenience is not worth it. Yeah, so whether like, she, attracted to him other. being a dick is him being excited about it because it clearly hurt her feelings. Where she was like, I'm sorry, but I, I can't marry you. I don't know. I, I didn't had, read it that way. I just, I just, it was like a sigh of relief because he thought he was doing the right thing, but then she kind of validated that, no, we're not supposed to be married. Like, that's how, no, I don't know, that's how I read it. It's because the next fucking scene ruins this whole thing. The next, like, couple of lines and the next action ruins the whole fucking thing. With the kiss? Yeah. Yeah. They had never kissed, obviously. Well, maybe. Or if they well, did, yeah, it was just like true. goodnight packs. It obviously wasn't something as passionate as what they do here. You know, well, a, yeah. better, a better plot is if, like, that wasn't even his kid and, like, it was, like, his sister's kid and, like, he just did all that to bang her. And if then, he like, said something like morning, that, he was gone. <laughs> if, he, if he had revealed, like, in this point, like, that's not even my kid. Like, I just took, like, I, it's, it's my niece. But, um, no, yeah, as you mentioned, like, there's a very long kiss here because. He's proving that there's nothing going on between them. He's like, see, look. And he gives her a very long kiss. And I guess, yeah, until you brought it up, I didn't even think that. So it had to be their first kiss after three weeks. That's what I'm saying. And he and she was expecting him to propose to her. And they didn't even bang. Think about that. You're going to ask someone to marry you. And you didn't even bang him. Well, well that, that happens a, a long lot. time. And that was that was the standard for a yeah, long time. Yeah, that's a normal thing for a lot of people. But I will say. In the 90s. But I'll say the idea of proposing to someone you've never kissed is a little weird. That's not common. No, no. But I'm just saying that, like, it's very weird. And whatever was leading up to it was thrown right out the window. Like, this is just, see you later, shut it down. This is stupid. You know what I thought was a weird thing that happened, like, right before the kiss, too? Is when he was, like, validating, like, see, like, there's nothing going on here. She's like, well, don't ask me. I haven't been on a date in a year and a half. It's like, haven't you guys been dating for three weeks? <laughs> right. And he <laughs> yeah, consi- assumed consistently. Yeah. What, what really bothered me was his enormous erection. What? And him saying that there was nothing between them. I've never heard you say that before. So <laughs> um, after that long kiss that we talked about, she was speechless for a minute. And I actually liked um, from there. She like walks over to the kitchen. And turns on the sink, which is acting as like a water fountain because it's squirting water straight up. And she has to like take a drink from it and then walks back. Like I act- I found that to be funny. I'll talk about it when we get to the green letter cancel. But there's some stuff here they do that made me think of something else that I was like, this isn't working. And I it would have also made a TV show. You know, it would have been funnier than the sink is if she went in and hit a light switch and everything went crazy again like it did at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> ah! so she, um, when she heads back, 
She's like, well, now that we've established that we're wrong for each other, how about we eat? And that's when he's like, well, you know, actually, I'd rather just go to my buddy's house and watch the football game. I really appreciate the honesty here. But, like, that's so rude. She, he thinks she yeah, made yeah. this huge meal. This is the first time that you're like, he's, I get it. I mean, you guys have essentially just split up in a way. So, no, nah, I don't yeah. blame him. I don't but, blame him. But if she was like, hey, I was going to order us some pizza, we could hang out, and they haven't ordered food yet. She didn't spend yeah. hours cooking, as, as far Dinner, as he knows. Dinner's already ready. You brought your daughter. She has a you know play date. Like, ride it out. You don't have to leave for the football game. I can see it both sides now. I was pro- yeah. very pro him being a douche, but that's, uh, <laughs> you just broke, are you going to awkwardly sit there and have a meal now? Like, that is weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, there is that too, the awkwardness of sitting there, but he, I would have been like, Here's some money for the food. I would have had to do something to take like the guilt away. Yeah. But um well that's the problem is they're like trying to I don't know, they're painting him a way that they should have painted him before also, the proposal. When, when, when yeah. he said the the game thing, he sat to make his way closer to the door. Did anyone else think he was gonna forget the baby? And leave <laughs> that would have been great. If he was so excited that he left the baby there and then had to run I, back I, in. I, I really been... thought that's where they were going because he's he made his way towards the door and then he that's before he kisses her the second time. Which also bothered me. I don't know why that had to happen. Well, yeah. that would have been a better sitcom because that's how we would have gotten two babies. <laughs> oh, then she takes the other baby and then she moves to Denver. No, you, you really know, hung up on the moving to Denver part. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's interesting to me. <laughs> she really has to move, but uh, no, he. D- <laughs> and by the way, this whole time we're getting dialogue from the babies because they're realizing that they're not going to see each other ever again. Um, Because they were really excited about this proposal that, you know, when they thought the two were going to get to be together every day. But, um, yeah, (laughs) after he says he's going to go to his buddies and watch the football game, he gives her another kiss to be like, yep, see nothing. But she was like, again, so like weak in the knees from the kiss that she had like grabbed the pillar afterwards. (laughs) Because like, I thought that was, I thought she actually had a pretty good performance. See, I think at this point he realized that she is a little interested and he's doing that to rub it in because he got turned down from his proposal. Subconsciously, maybe, but I don't again. Do you like the idea where he's just a psychopath and he like spun it around on her like he was actually really hurt? (laughs) I'm going to have to assume that this show does not have that many layers. Why the second kiss? At this point, you establish you're broken up, you're leaving. Because it was like it's, just it's the, it's the, the comedic, it's the it's the physical comedy that goes watch with her the swoon over it again. That's all it was. Yeah, because she was yeah, so to like, hurt her exactly. No, That's but she I'm was saying. so like crazy after the first kiss that like giving her the kiss again is like oh come on and because uh, remember she is the one who said no, so it it is like a there's a little power shift there because of it. It also could have been to him doing like double check. Like, am I sure I don't have any? I don't have any feelings for her. Uh, yeah, see, nothing. If... I'm still flaccid. Like... <laughs> well, he could. Have... That's a line they cut out of the show. Still, still flaccid. And the baby goes, "Oh, me too." He could have went back to her for me the second too. kiss and been like, he could have said, "Like, you know what? Wait a minute," and kissed her again, and then pulled back and looked at her for that a second. That would have went... been better writing. And then looked at her and then went, "No, no, I thought so. No, sorry." Yeah. Plenty of avenues he could have gone that would have led to better places, but here we are. <laughs> and um, now the babies are crying, knowing that they're never going to see each other again. And the parents think that like maybe they're crying because they're like tired. So they both like pick their respective children up, and they're kind of separating, going their separate ways. You know, Craig and uh, Danielle are about to leave, and she's saying like, "Oh, Mickey, don't forget me." And he's like, "How could I? I'll think about you every minute." 
And she goes, I love you. And he replies with, wherever you are, however long it takes, I'll find you. We'll be together again. I promise, Danielle. And it's like, goodbye, Mickey. And she's going down the elevator. And it was like, kind of like for talking babies, it was actually kind of sad. <laughs> it was needlessly like, yeah. sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They really try to pull emotion out of the last 35 seconds like, of oh, the show. They failed. I got nothing. It reminded me of The Simpsons, like the needless sadness in the pilot episode. It was like, why? This isn't what we're here for. Like, yeah. move on, do something funny. Like, this is. He's like, why am I not laughing yeah. right now? <laughs> I haven't it's been like, laughing this entire time. And now. Also, yeah. <laughs> there's a couple okay moments in this, but there's no, like, yeah. real lols. Well, it's like, okay, um, these babies talk. That's funny. Oh, these two babies fell in love. That's so adorable. And then it's. Oh, these two babies are being split up and will never see each other for the rest of their lives, and they're sad about it and they're crying. Although, End of the episode. To be fair, we always talk about rewriting the show. Fuck rewriting this show. Why don't we make the update show? They were babies in 1991, so now they're in their early 30s, and now they yeah, find each I mean, other. They're, they're maybe only, in maybe Denver, like four or five years. Why Denver? <laughs> <laughs> well, he moved to Denver. That's true. Call the show Mile High. He owns a weed shop. Although Joe, ah. Uh... They lived in New York when he was 10 years old. We don't know oh, what no. happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's why he moved to Denver, because he was so sad. He needs all that weed because of 9-11, killed his mom, the accountant who worked in the World Trade Center. Holy too far. shit. Getting too, too far. far. Getting too far. A lot of accountants worked in that building. Those buildings. Nick, you know Get better. I know, I wanted a... it, though. We need a little spice in this. <laughs> no, you, th- you threw a seed, and then it took a dark, weird turn. <laughs> I'm okay with it this time, though. People That's listening right. for the- No, nobody's going to listen to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah people I guess are going to listen to this episode. That's the thing. Tangent. People are going to listen. And all the baby talk all you, fans. They, no, thank you to all of you who do listen. Listen, even when we talked about like shows like um, um, Homeboys in Outer Space, when you look at our numbers like now, like people do listen. People go back and listen to our episodes, so... Um, people will listen to this. Listen, um, we got retweeted by both of the actors of Homeboys. Well, yeah, because the show was not successful. They're not like we did super Flex fan, yeah. and the other one and the cat. Oh no, I'm thinking of um, that's right, <laughs> that was Red show. Dwarf. Red Dwarf. They were the Danny same John show. Jules. You guys won't admit it, but they're basically the same show. Incorrect. That is very no. incorrect. Egregious. <laughs> I say we find the two twins who played the baby in this, and we see if we they have Twitter. See if we can get them to retweet us. So after they leave. Maggie's holding Mickey, and she's like, what do you say, Mickey? You want to go to bed? He goes, for the rest of my life. <laughs> and um, she says, it's going to be a tough job raising the first decent man. And I'm like, again, they didn't paint Craig as that bad of a guy. No, they didn't. No. Yeah, they just, like, that was you, said no, you said no to his proposal because you didn't love him. Like, he's not a bad guy. And, like, even though he reacted the way he did after, you rejected him. Everything leading up, like I said, they, they really needed to do a better job establishing him as a shitty dude. Leading up to the proposal, the th- the conversation between her and Joe about like, are you going to marry this guy? Should have been like, are you going to marry this shitty guy just because, you know, you want someone to be the father of your son? Not right. Not like you're really going to marry this guy, this handsome guy with a great job who like you know is like willing to take take over uh you know the parental duties of, of your you know for this kid's father. They could have taken 30 seconds away from a joke that didn't work towards the end when they were, like, doing the play settings of the silverware. And it's like, what if they're left-handed, right? If you just eliminated that and then took that 30 seconds to have Ted McGinley do anything that made him seem sleazy or not right. a good guy, I think you'd be, you'd feel a lot more 
about the end of the relationship, yeah. Yeah, because, like, now it's like, oh, I'll never meet a decent guy. It's like, you met a decent guy. <laughs> it's like, there was nothing wrong. It just didn't work out. But, um, but yeah, so after that, we get that, like, last, the, like, that final, probably, like, into the credit scene. Yeah. And it's Maggie singing Mickey a lullaby, and she's putting him in the crib at the end of the night. And you get the commentary from him saying, like, oh, my favorite time of the day. I got my bottle. I got my blankie. I'm nice and cozy, and I'm about to nod off. And then she like cranks that like um baby like baby mobile thing over his head that plays like lullaby music. It's like, and then she's gonna do that. Darn, I hate those things. And like, I thought I literally like I legitimately thought that was funny because you never think about if kids actually like these things or not. You just put them in front of them and then yeah, you say it helps them to sleep, but maybe it doesn't. Not true. True. No, it does because you try to put a baby down, they get really upset. And that's just a distraction to keep them from being upset with themselves. And then they go yeah. to sleep watching it. But yeah, that was that was the closer on that one. And I guess it was good that they added something else. So it didn't we didn't leave off with the two kids depressed that they were being torn away from each other. But um, yeah, that was that was the uh, the entirety of the episode. So there we have it, guys. That was um that was baby talk. Cool. Yeah. Baby talk <laughs> was certainly a show that happened. <laughs> yeah, of all the shows we've covered, this is certainly one of them. You know what's funny, though? Like, as we talk about it and as we're going through it, by no means was it a good show, but the problem was, like, I don't think it was bad enough to have, like, we couldn't really rip into it too much when we're going scene for scene. It was literally the purgatory of television shows. (laughs) And this is the second Amy Heckerling movie to be made into a TV show that she had a part in that failed in the, you know, within a year or two. Oh, yeah, she did uh, Clueless, right? Oh, shit, the third. She did Fast Times. Oh, okay, I forgot right, about right, the Clueless right. TV series. Yeah, but the Clueless TV show, I think, lasted a few years. It was on USA, right? Uh, yeah, Clueless it, lasted a bit on TV. Yeah, I'd say that one was successful. Uh, Fast Times and this, you know, were much less successful than the Clueless TV show. Did I don't remember how long because that was TV on like with Weird Science in that block, right? The Clueless right TV now. show yeah. went sixty-two episodes. Yeah, so that's not bad. Yeah. That's yeah, three seasons. Yeah, no, so yeah, that, much more successful. But yeah, that guys, that was. <laughs> That was that. So That's, um that is that. I, I I don't know um yeah what else to say. It was I I thought it would be worse so I wanted to have more fun ripping into it. But like I said if you took the talking baby out I know that's the whole premise of the show, but if you took the talking baby out of it it was like a mediocre to almost okay sitcom. <laughs> but the but the the driving thing that's supposed to make you watch the episode is actually the one thing that spoiled it, which is very ironic. Yeah, I guess there's nothing really else we can do other than Green Letter Cancel unless there's any other notes you guys had. Bring on the light thing. Yeah, all right. So um, let me go in the order I see you in. Nick, I'm going to start with you. Cancel. Awful. Boring. George Clooney was okay in it. Uh, it was really the only shining light for me. Uh, terrible writing. It was acted decently, but I was just left pretty upset. I I switched the speed on this video to 1.5 so I could get through the latter half of it quicker because I could not fucking stand it. I hate the show. I wish I never saw it. I will never watch another episode. Cancel. Gordo. This is the purgatory of television shows. It was not good. I will even say that was not good. It, like, I, I don't even know what to say. It even when a even... double, boop, poop, double poop scene wasn't enough for you? No, double poop scene was not enough to salvage this. It just there was no redeeming quality. Like the 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 creepy painter was kind of good. He was funny, but other than that, not good. And we couldn't even rip on it because it wasn't even that bad. 
of a show. I'm sorry, it was that bad. You all keep saying that. I think well, it was that bad. I'm, I'm with you on this one, Ferg. It's terrible. There's nothing. It's it, not a it's good show. Bad. It's bad. A cancel. Cancel. Joe. Yeah, I mean, not surprising. This is a cancel, right? It's if they took Look Who's Talking, they took away all its budget and they mixed it with the Money Pit. It's such a weird, confusing combo. And the biggest thing that bothered me the most, again, is the live Tony Danza or the live actors because it just doesn't. It sounds so weird. There's echoing. It's it's just doesn't work. It makes you feel like you're in an. It's like watching a play, which I don't want to watch a play when I watch a TV show. They're two separate things. The people who are involved in this, the writers and creators, very talented, right? Heckerling and um, the guy who created Taxi and everything, like, that's huge. And the cast in this is good. We all love Tony Danza, right? We all, George Clooney's great. Ted McGinley's great. Uncle Lewis is great. But nothing could save this. This was really, really bad. And I, this is one of the rare times, too, where I'm like, I don't even want to cover the second season where they reboot everything. Because I just don't think this is going to work in any, any way, even with you know, a different interesting cast like Scott Bayo getting involved or whatever. So yeah, this was abysmal. Gordo, I can't believe you picked it. This is a, a, a not, this is a cancel for me. Ferg, <sighs> cancel. I don't only cancel this. I now cancel who's the boss and anything Tony Danza is involved with. This was so bad. It had no redeeming qualities other than George Clooney. I think everyone in this room is dumber now for having watched it. I would you no <laughs> points, and may God have mercy on your soul, Joe. Cancel. Joe, I don't know what that's for. Yeah, so, listen, again, to def- not to defend it, but when I say it wasn't that bad, I don't think it was a good show. Don't get me wrong, it was a bad show. But I think when we looked at some of the shows before that we, like, really enjoyed ripping into, like Homeboys in Outer Space, like Country Comfort... Some of the scenes were so absurd and so dumb that, like, it was really fun to make fun of it. And this show didn't have a lot of that. It was just, like, stale. It didn't, so, like, it wasn't fun to hate, which, like, is a, like, a not a, I don't know. It's just, like, not what I wanted out of this show. I, I thought it would be a little bit better in that regard. But yeah, obviously, I'm going to cancel it too. Like I said, the, it was. I have Timers Club. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where, again, for whatever reason, I think that there was enough meat on the bone, though, if they had gotten rid of the talking baby. So I actually would have liked to have seen just Maggie as a single mom of, with a small baby, you know, just trying to date and the George Clooney aspect and all that stuff, I think could have actually worked as a show, maybe with better writing. But like that basic premise and those characters like had enough chemistry that I think that could have worked. But that's not what they did. Instead, they had Tony Dan's as a talking baby and it didn't work. Yeah, no need to drag this on any further, guys. Obviously, it's a zero out of five. Um, sorry to baby talk. You do not live on for a second season or a second episode, rather. Uh, I will say this before I continue on. I kind of want to see season two, episode one, to see how different it was in the retool. Out of curiosity. I'm with if, you there. I'm with you there. I'm just curious to see like what they thought like was wrong with the show and if this made it better. One but, word. Um, well, then. Have at it. Yeah, maybe if they it. just moved them to Denver, everything would have been fine. But um, yeah, again, guys, that's it. Go to s21pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to um, listen to us, follow us on social medias, all that stuff, rate, review, everything. Please leave um, a review on iTunes and Spotify. Those things help us out a lot because then more people will find us because there's, um, that's just how their algorithms work. So do us a favor. But um, yeah, thanks, guys. Hit us up on all those socials. We'll get back to you. Tune in again next week for another show. We'll try to do more shows that you might have heard of before. If you want to watch this episode of Baby Talk, just go on YouTube. You can find it there. 
Um, and that's it, guys. So take care. We'll catch you next week. Thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best six hours in the diaper. Uh-oh, no daddy.